Good morning, Trumptobia. Welcome to another episode of the Almost Daily Zencast. I am your humble host, the incorrigible Mr. Zeppo. On today's episode, the false dichotomy of health versus wealth. Especially under the lens of this current global pandemic context. Hello and namaste, friends. Thank you for tuning in. It's Friday, May 15th, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. My show is on whenever I damn well get around doing it, so forgive me if it's not always up for you when you expect it. I'll get my ass in gear and get into a real schedule one of these weeks sooner or later. Before we get started, I want to take a moment and check in with you, friend. You, dear listener that keeps downloading my endless ramblings. A, first of all, thank you so much. I sincerely mean that. B, how are you? Are you hanging in there? Are you losing it quietly deep down inside? Have you been meditating like I've been suggesting you should? And if you haven't, do you need some pointers? Let me know. Come on over to the Facebook or to Sprecher.com. Drop me a message. Say hello. Introduce yourself. Let me know what's going on. Let me know that you like the show. Let the world know that you like the show. Okay, friends, let's kick it off with a really huge concept that may or may not seem directly related to what we're talking about on the, uh, on the title and cover of this episode. Now, as always, let me begin this with the disclaimer that I understand fully and completely that I might be wrong. I could be dead wrong about this. But after much consideration, very deep and serious, thoughtful uh, uh, turning over of the concepts, I have personally come to this conclusion and I have felt quite comfortable asserting it for uh, a long time now. We don't really know what freedom is. We, as a species, have collectively forced ourselves, and I phrase it that way because I think everything is that. Everything is something we are doing to ourselves. We can go and talk for days about all the people that we blame it on. But the bottom line is, no matter how much we complain about society, we ourselves are society. We make society up. But I digress. It is my humble opinion that we have collectively forced ourselves to adopt a flat one-dimensional, materialistic, and severely limited interpretation of 
what that thing is that we call freedom. And that this severely limited, materialistic, one-dimensional interpretation of freedom, it categorically, and maybe by design, ignores the esoteric, ignores the spiritual, ignores the transcendent. Now, set that aside for a hot second. Health versus wealth. I don't know about you, but here in Trumptopia, the great land of the brave and home of the truly free, and I say that with some dripping sarcasm, which hopefully communicates clearly across the airwaves there on podcasty land. Uh, not really a radio show, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, here in Jumtopia, we are at this crossroads of cabin fever, sick and tired of the lockdown and real, genuine, authentic, and very serious economic pain. And at this crossroads, we are convinced, seems, it seems, seemingly, we are seemingly convinced as a society, although personally I do not consent to this model, this, uh, this, this ideological construct, we seem convinced as a society that we have a hard yes or no, left or right, one or the other false dichotomy of a choice to make between saving more lives and reactivating economic activity for the purposes of re-engaging in that mysterious thing called economic growth. Before we go any further, let's take a moment to acknowledge the following impossible-to-deny reality. Infinite growth on a finite planet with finite resources equals death. I'll say it again. Infinite growth in a finite system with finite resources is suicide and will result in death. Now, does that mean that our economy is evil? I'm not a big fan of this dichotomous label pairing of good and evil, especially the way it is used in our society today. I've talked about that in previous episodes, but to give you, get you right to the very fine needlepoint of that idea, we use good and evil in a completely upside-down and backwards and inside-out kind of way. We vomit them out there. There is some good guy or good guys out there somewhere, and they're fighting for us. There are some evil guys out there, and they are oppressing us. That, my friends, I would suggest to you, is an engineered misunderstanding of what yin and yang are, what light and dark do. 
what good and evil actually directly represent. And that in truth, they are two ingredients that coexist inside us all. So you are both good and evil. I have both an angel and a devil wrestling within me, right? So we can't run around saying y'all are the bad guys and we over here are the good guys because it does not work that way. And yet that is how, especially in politics and in all the ego traps that abundantly seduce us towards hate and uh, violence, that's how it's framed, right? False dichotomies. They are very clever and um, cleverly used against us. So we have this false dichotomy right now that's being brutally revealed because of the current circumstances. Arguably, the current circumstances are quite a revelation um, in as much as that these extreme conditions are bringing to light inherent problems, corruptions, flaws, injustices, discrepancies, etc., 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 about our society that we have hitherto, up until now, either been turning a blind eye, sweeping under the rug, or chucking out the window like the baby in the bathwater. Not sure if I phrased all that the best it could be, but you get what I'm saying. This situation is bringing to the attention of people systemic problems that have been around forever. And we can go down the rabbit hole, all of them, but we, let's stick with the theme for the day. Health versus wealth. Our well-being versus economic growth. everyone that's busy arguing. Do we open? Do we not open? Do we open quickly? Do we open slowly? Everyone who's pushing back, everyone who's uh, projecting forward, everyone who's caught up in the arguing is caught up in arguing a false dichotomy that we do not need to argue about. We do not need to measure our health against economic growth. Let me step back and say that uh, I am one of many who very firmly believes that this entire situation, that, that pretty much... Everything about 2020 could have, should have, would have been handled differently. And if there was ever a day I missed having access to a time machine, it is now. I would love to go back in time again just to get into that last quarter of 2019 and say, Hey, y'all. <laughs> um, but uh, alas, I'm not allowed access 
to the time machine anymore. And I bet lots of us feel like that. I bet many of us would love to go back and, I mean, just to the beginning of January and tell ourselves back then, hey, make sure y'all don't freak out. We could have, should have, most definitely handled this situation more intelligently with a better plan with more well-thought-out guidelines and with a more immediately implemented economic support package or series of support packages. Without any disrespect, let, setting aside the, uh, the financial pain that people are going through, Let's not get caught up in the argument for rushing ahead and risking, well, actually, what I'm saying, that sentence I'm in the middle of saying, it's already too late, right? Like the cat's out of the bag. Wisconsin is already partying it up, and many other states aren't far behind, And, and the tragedy, in my mind, is that they're rushing to get back to this sense of normality, which, as I've said before, was never very normal and not... That sense of normality should not be something that we crave. Because what we're reaching for was toxic as fuck to begin with. That normalcy that we long to get back to was riddled with flaws and problematic in a way that we just weren't dealing with on so many ways. But let's, let's digress. It's not about... I'm not here to... I'm here to share my opinion and uh, also share with you some other people's opinions that I think are well expressed and that I um, can't help but either giggle with in, in support or giggle at in sort of uh, absurdist commentary. Here are two thoughts. The first two things I saw this morning when, uh, when very briefly logging into uh, the, the, uh, the social media quagmire that is... Facebook. And uh, so this is a this is a meme going around no no author attributed and it reads I love being told that I have a quote irrational fear close quote of a deadly virus by people who shit bricks over immigrants LGBTQ people, brown people, black people, working women, windmills, cell phone antennas, vaccines, electric cars, voting by mail, universal health care, environmental protections, plant-based food, higher wages, and face masks. And I was the, I love that bit because everyone's arguing with everyone else, right? Everyone's picked their sides and spewing their their argumentation and 
I gotta, I gotta side with this person, whoever they are, on whatever side they are. Like, I, I don't have an irrational fear of a deadly virus. I have a healthy sense of wanting to take some reasonable precautions, and quite frankly, a bit of an absurdist, haha. None of it, that nothing I can do, will ever guarantee one hundred percent. Right? I have a sense of humor about it. Like I was saying in a previous segment. I'm not really all that convinced that masks uh, do all that much. Not plain old regular ones, um, not without constant disinfecting, uh, because quite frankly, the germaphobes are the ones that were right, right? What's alarming about this disease is, is that it's new and that it's moving really quickly. But what we forget is that we have always, we have never lived in a disease-free world. We have never lived in a world free of pathogens and little tiny microbial life that would rather destroy us than not, right? Like, we've always lived with that threat. And the, the, the absurdist in me kind of wishes that we were taking the the fashionable approach to this pandemic that our predecessors during the Spanish flu took. If you've ever seen a uh, uh, a Spanish flu or Black Plague doctor outfit, that shit is some steampunky coolness. Uh, and And not, you know, I used to wonder, like, what the hell, why the hell did they come up with that? It's such a weird design. It's like, what inspired... Now I get it. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, type in Plague Doctor on your favorite uh, interwebs uh, thingy and you'll see, um, you know, the, the classic uh, beaked uh, mask with, with, with built-in goggles, right? Um, it's got a big kind of bird-like beak, fully encloses the face and scalp. Uh, and those individuals are also usually wearing multiple layers of protective clothing. Um, the equivalent from that era of PPE, right? Except it's not disposable because we had not invented the technology yet. So it's all leather and stuff. Uh, up to and including a walking stick, which was not for walking so much, but for insisting on social distancing and being able to uh, point to and or um, you know, move things from a socially distanced number of feet away. Uh, and the beak, right, would be stuffed with, um, what do you call it? Herbs and that, other, uh, oh, what is it? Potpourri. In part, probably, to help mask what must have been the odious stench of illness and death that was must have been just lingering everywhere, uh, but in, but also by sheer and I don't know if this was just like one of those happy accidents or not, but by sheer uh, mechanics of it, the mask helped to regulate and enforce personal space. It's like stay away, you, you can't get any closer to me because this fucking thing is in front of my face. I digress. Uh... As fun as that is as a sidebar, uh, this this whole situation here 
is being leveraged, right? There's a real disease. Okay, I cannot, for my own purposes, uh, make the guarantee that I know for a fact that it is not man-made. My only, the reason I suspect that the man-made theory is, is incorrect, two big things contribute to that, right? Like, yeah, I'm sure you've heard, uh, conspiracy theory running around that this was an engineered thing. Um, if it's engineered, then why, in my opinion, here, here's why I have a hard time accepting that. There has been so much, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's been so much incompetence in, in coping with it. And, and so many people, and, and even those that were not being technically incompetent, have been surprised, have been, um, you know, uh, this virus has thrown us curveballs. And that's something Mother Nature's good at, right? Like evolving and being unique and being different. And I don't know. I guess I figure if it was engineered and the goal was to kill us all, it'd be better at doing it right? Like, it would be deadlier. If it were a bioweapon, I would imagine that it would be deadlier and it would somehow be targetable. And it does not appear to be any of those things. And the response has been chaotic, bizarre, and riddled with incompetence. So I can't conceive of a plan that would have anticipated for that and planned for a showcase of incompetence. Uh, but I guess I could be wrong. They could have that could have been the whole show script all along. I, I don't know. But um, if we set the the man made theory aside and just stick to science versus politics, uh, this this meme really speaks to me because legit, yo, all the people that are spewing hate speech about how we ha we're having an irrational fear to this, to this bug that's barely more d damaging than the flu, they are people who literally fucking blow their top over that delightful list of other things, right? Oh, there was another meme going around that I also have to uh, call out. I'm just, I'm, I'm pulling this one from memory. Everyone who supported um, a business's right to not allow LGBTQ people in their stores by default is also supporting the right of a business to discriminate against you for not wearing a mask. I mean, you can't, you can't support a business's right to be discriminatory and then bitch and moan when they're being discriminatory about some, you know, something that you like or that you don't want to be discriminated against about. All right, well, moving on. Because, uh, yeah, like, everybody fucking slow your roll, right? Like, you can't be uh, bitching and moaning and freaking the fuck out about all these other things and then accuse people who are trying to follow the guidance given by scientists that we hope are being, you know, really earnest and accurate in their science 
because fearing immigrants and and brown people and black people and LGBT people and women uh, and technology and voting by mail and environmental protections, like fearing and give, having a conniption fit about those things, those are irrational things to freak the fuck out about. In my opinion, right? Because, okay, now, obviously, I have heard and have given some consideration to the other side. And all the arguments that you could lump together here about being suspicious of all these uh, listed items, those arguments generally fall apart and have a very, like, self-oriented uh, and ignorance-driven set of mechanics behind them. Like, you know... We, we we freak the fuck out about immigrants because they're stealing all our jobs. No, they're not. Yoink. You know, Americans don't want to scoop poop or pick strawberries. They just don't. And illegal immigrants aren't walking in here and suddenly becoming marketing executives on Fifth Avenue out of the blue, fresh off the bus. That's not possible. <laughs> so, you know. Okay. Having said all that, I want to move to the slightly even more serious uh, uh, and and kind of it goes hand in hand here, this other beam, um, which frankly, you know, my own thoughts uh, follow this general course of rationale. If, and I'm quoting now, if a medically informed response to a pandemic creates economic hardship so serious that the economic impacts are more deadly than the virus then you change your fucking economic system. Not your response to the disease. Condemning someone to die of a preventable disease or illness so that others don't die of engineered poverty is disgusting. Seriously, some of y'all dream so small our species can do so much better than this. And it's that final point, that final statement that's really important. Our species really can do so much better than this. And this isn't about freedoms and rights. This is about the deeper understanding that economic systems are first and foremost totally imaginary. We made them up with our spongy brains. Economic systems are not organic natural truths. Economic systems are not absolutes in nature. So we should not blindly kowtow to them. We should adapt them to our needs, not suffer at their rigid, profit-driven, irrational rules. And mind you, this, this commentary has been valid since long before COVID-19 because economic systems have dictated 
who lives or dies in a way that is disgusting and immoral for our entire lifetimes. People in the most vulnerable of positions with the least amount of economic power have always been disposable in the opinion of those in powerful positions within the economic system and according to the economic systems themselves. If the economy required us to butcher each other, which if you really stop and think about it, it has. The economy requires us to sacrifice our well-being so that it may thrive. And that, my friends, is morally wrong. And, I mean, there's evidence that we have been aware of this immorality for quite some time. Quotes from Martin Luther King about how there is uh, socialism for the wealthy and powerful and rugged individualism for the poor. That's, that's what he's critiquing. He's critiquing that economic systems are more important than humanity itself. Right? We do not need to condemn anyone to die from a preventable disease. And we do not need to condemn anyone to die because of economic hardship. We have the science available to us to cope with the diseases that we encounter. Thus, the stay-at-home guidelines, the social distancing, and I think most importantly, I think this is... this. There's a lot to be said here. <clears throat> There's so much to unpack. But um, in terms of like our tactics, the most important, I think, is actual hygiene. Like, wash your hands. Decontaminate objects that you don't know how many other people have touched. That's always been true. How many of you listening have ever like just known walking into work or walking into school or... Heading over to a friend's house, like, ah, crap, I, the flu has been in here. I might catch it. Duh. And so when flu season comes around, we, in theory, up our game of preventative measures. Those are, those are all rational as long as they are authentically and genuinely anchored in science. And we can get into a nuanced debate, right? Like, for example, I'm of the opinion that the stay-at-home order, the stay-at-home guideline, the, the quote-unquote lockdown, was too absolute in its, like, ham-fisted execution. It was too, too uh, heavy-handed across the board. And that, as many others pointed out, now, you know, most of them from the, from the right side of the political spectrum, but I am not from that side of the political spectrum, as many people have pointed out, we could have, should have, would have maybe focused on quarantining those who are ill, not forcing everyone. Of course, the big problem there, as we all know, 
and or disregard uh, was that it took us a while to wrap our brains around the fact that this disease could vector or could, could spread during an asymptomatic or as they now are calling it pre-symptomatic phase, right? That wasn't, I mean, I was aware of that from pretty early on in the whole process, but it took us a while to really wrap our brains around that as a community, as a collective. So our choices, our decisions were uh, not the wisest. Conversely, no one deserves to or should die because of an unfair, abusive economic system. And that's what we're finally all confronting. That's why this polarized and divided government has miraculously achieved uh, the most intense bipartisan economic bailout in living history, in living memory, because suddenly it wasn't just the poorest of the poor. It wasn't just the lowest of the low. It wasn't just the homeless and the drug addicts and those on the fringes of society that suddenly were confronting economic peril. Suddenly, you know, this, this reality that we live at the whim of this unfair, unjust, toxic as fuck, corrupt as all hell, politically driven economic system, it crept into the mainstream. 36 million Americans have uh, signed up for unemployment in record-breaking time. That's more than, as a percentage of the nation, that's more than during the Great Depression before World War II. I think. And if I'm wrong, we're really, really close. Right? If, if, I'm, if we're not there yet, we're almost there yet. Uh, now the thing the thing of it is while people are arguing about this now and those who have who have been disgruntled and 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 in disagreement of the scientifically driven measures to try to mitigate this disease uh you know i understand the frustration and i understand that for many it's more than just frustration you know they're they're small Businesses are on the verge of collapse. And that's not because of the stay-at-home order in and of itself. It's because we took, we we radically imposed uh, a lockdown without anticipating and delivering economic support from the get-go as part of step one. We shut down and then we sat around and watched the politicians twiddle their fingers and waited until an outcry of, please help. You know, absurd. We could have handled this situation a thousand times better for everyone involved. 
I mean, the critique, some of the critiques are obvious. Why weren't we contact tracing everybody from the beginning? Trump loves to pat himself on the back for shutting the borders to China, but more people brought the disease in from Europe. Which ne we never, you know, or if we did, we did it way after China. Did we, I think we did for like a very brief period, temporarily block some travel from Europe. Um, it's all been this half-assed, uh, haphazard, Motley crew, fucking helter-skelter, fucking clusterfuck of incompetence. Which, you know, what did I say about Trump when he first rode down that golden escalator? That this was going to be a clown show, a clusterfuck of failure, and an attempt to test how far in that direction of absurd... irrational and illogical governance, for lack of a better term, we would be willing to tolerate. We have always had the power to change our economic system. But what have we done? For our entire lifetime, we've argued about economic ideology. We haven't made the reforms necessary to provide for the least of the least. And this is not a new problem. What the bloody fuck was Jesus effing H. Christ himself talking about when he kicked the moneylenders out of the temple? Why did he preach the sermon of teaching a man how to fish? Yeshua taught us to stop arguing about ideological constructs and start nurturing one another. What the hell do you think he meant when he said you got to take the beam out of your own eye first before you help your brother with his splinter? The beam in the eye is ideological mental manipulation vis-a-vis -vis political ideological constructs, yo. Instead of fighting left versus right, right versus left, we could have been feeding the hungry housing the homeless, healing the sick without profiteering on them. Since we kicked over the Tower of Babel, which is not what it... The Tower of Babel represents something really, really, really deep. But in my humble opinion, it is not what they usually tell us it means. The parable is a distraction from the truth. But we're going to have to make a whole other episode about that. As we transition into this new Wild West era of reopening our economy, which, when taken as a singular issue, yes, it's urgent and necessary. We, we must 
For as long as we live in a profiteering system where everyone must profiteer on everyone else, then of course we must reboot that system. But let us not throw away the opportunity to radically re-engineer the system from the ground up, from the inside out. That is the calling that has always been the calling. That is what Jesus wanted us to do. That is what Buddha suggested we do. That is what Gandhi and Krishna and everybody else who ever opened their third eye took a look around and said, holy shit, we're doing it all wrong. That's what they all messaged. That's, that is the message. Holy shit, you guys. We're doing everything wrong. We're doing everything in the most toxic motherfucking way possible. And we could, we should, be doing it in a way that is not toxic and corrupt and retarded as fuck. And yet here we are, beating our chests and yelling at each other about political ideology that gets us nowhere. Right now, the House of Representatives is trying to push uh, an all-Democrat partisan uh, round five or whatever of economic stimulus over into the, the Senate. The Senate's already intimated that it will not approve it because it is so partisan and, and it is not it has not been negotiated um, between the two parties the way the previous uh, rounds of of economic assistance have. And let's be frank about those previous rounds of economic assistance. That $1,200 that they sent everybody hardly helped at all. Except for those of us who are in the very fortunate and privileged position to not have an overwhelming amount of overhead, most people who live paycheck to paycheck have so much overhead compared to their income that that one paycheck didn't last. It just went right back out the door. Unless, then let's not even get started at the, you know, the, the deeper levels of corruption involved that all these larger corporate institutions were being bailed out when, quite frankly, it's supposed to be a free market economy. What does the word free mean in free market economy? Free to succeed, free to fail, and be replaced by someone who does it better. But all, for, for all the adulations and, and yelling and screaming by the free market crowd about how amazing free market is, it's not really a free market. Because if you're powerful enough, you get socialist socialism bailouts. You get financial aid. You get money from the government in a way that the people never do. Which is ridiculous, absurd, and if you take a moment to look around the rest of the planet, not what other governments are doing. Other governments, the ones that have shown the least amount of economic damage during the pandemic, they have created ways for 
all employers to continue paying their employees to work from home or to just straight up stay at home if they can't do their work from home. But I digress. I'm not here to argue about fine-tuning the fucked-up system a little bit. I'm here to remind everyone that this fucked-up system is fucked up and was fucked up before COVID-19 came to town. And that people have always suffered economically. People have always been in pain. The lowest of the low have always had their face in the curb and the boot of society on the back of their neck. That's how we profit in this free market economy. By stomping on others and kicking them to the curb. And that injustice, that indignity, that disgustingly immoral and fucked up system of profiteering does not deserve to be perpetuated. So while we sit here in our homes, wondering what will happen next. Let's not leave it to the politicians who will only tweak and quote-unquote fix the system in so much as it does not ruin their profiteering schemes, evidenced by the fact that uh, various uh, representatives on both sides of the false political ideological divide are under investigation for uh, uh, market trades with, uh, you know, insider information because they dumped a bunch of stock right before the market tanked. Why do our politicians get to profit while in office like that? While the rest of us live with deep concern about where our next meal might come from. This disease didn't create those problems. This pandemic and this lockdown only revealed them to those who were blissfully unaware, but living in close proximity to those danger zones, economically speaking. So if you're newly aware of how disgustingly fucked up and immoral this economic system that we live in is, welcome to the club, let's start changing it. Let's not burn it to the ground. Let's not have a civil war over it. Let's heal it from the inside out. And that's what I've got to say about that today, friends. As always, thank you for tuning in. If you appreciate what I'm talking about on this podcast, please go all the way back to the beginning and listen to all the old episodes and tell your friends about it. Until next time, stay safe, be vigilant, take precautions, but also don't impose crazy limitations on yourself that are not necessary. And may peace, love, and grooviness and spiritual healing blossom in your heart.